Welcome to the Gratitude Challenge. We are learning to become grateful people. In one of the Psalms, the 90th Psalm, the psalmist says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then in verse 12, this remarkable statement, it's a request, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart full of wisdom. And as we learn to be grateful, the exercise today is going to be precisely that, to number our days. What do we do when we number our days? Well, when you number something, you recognize that there is not an unlimited quantity to it, that you have a finite supply. And that's true above all other things with time. We just have this one life and one day comes. And this day right here will not come again. It could be filled with what is noble and glorious. It could be filled with difficulty or suffering. You could fill it with gratitude for each breath, for every conversation, for every gift, or with ingratitude or complaint, but it will never come back again. And so we need to learn to number our days so that we gain a heart of wisdom. Jamie Kurtz is a researcher at James Madison University. Fascinating study found that when uh, college students were asked to reflect on the end of their college experience, if they were to focus on the fact that it's going to be limited, they, that the end will come relatively soon, not only did they um, experience more gratitude for this time because they recognized the worth and the goodness of it. They actually spent their time more wisely. They were more likely to engage in activities with friends or things that uh, filled them up with joy. Teach us to number our days. There was a book and then a one-man stage play that I saw years ago by the actor Billy Crystal, and it was called 700 Sundays. Teach us to number our days. This is what he writes. This is how he ends the beginning of the book. He's talking about his father. My father worked so hard for us all the time. He held on two jobs, including weekend nights. The only day we really had with him alone was Sunday. Sunday was the day my two brothers and I got to put on a show and make them laugh, go to the boardwalk in Long Beach in New York, play skee-ball or fascination, go to the batting cage, play baseball, go bowling or to the movies, or even a Broadway show. Sunday night was our night to go to eat together. We'd always go out for Italian food or Chinese food because on Jewish nights, Jewish people are not allowed to eat their own food. It's in the Talmud. On the seventh day, God rested and went to the Twin Dragons for dinner because he loved ribs. That's Billy Crystal. And he writes about how uh, dad would come in at like three or four in the morning on a Sunday morning after working all weekend. Just as the sun came up, I would tiptoe over to their door just a little. And there they would be, mom and dad, lying there looking so quiet, so peaceful together. And I would sit in the doorway, waiting for him to wake up, just to see what we were going to do together that day. I couldn't wait for Sundays. I couldn't wait for Sundays. He died suddenly when I was 15. I once calculated that I had roughly 700 Sundays. That's it. 700 Sundays. Not a lot of time for a kid to have with his dad. Teach us to number our days. What do you have in your life that would be helpful to recognize as coming only in a limited quantity just this day? It will come to an end. 
I played tennis with my dad for 50 years. We played in tournaments from New York to California. He came to visit one time in Menlo Park and I was going to go into work. It was a Saturday afternoon and he'd gone just to hit serves, kind of practice some of his shots at tennis courts at a school nearby, courts that don't even exist anymore. And I thought, well, I got a little time before I need to go into work. So I'm just going to go there and we'll hit some balls. And I hit balls with my dad as I had done for, I don't know how many thousands of hours over so many decades. And not too long after that, he was playing one time, went back for uh, an overhead and kind of lost his balance and, and decided uh, his body was not responding really well. And so he wasn't going to play tennis anymore. And what I didn't know when we were hitting was that time that I hit with him on those courts at Menlo. That was the last time I'd ever played tennis with my dad. And I wish I'd have known. I think I might have appreciated it more. I think I might have tried to mark that moment more if I'd have known. Teach us to number our days. We could still play golf, and we did that for quite a few more years. And then one time we were playing on the golf course in Laguna Woods near where my parents lived. And we got to about the 13th hole, and he was troubled by that time, pretty serious lie by the cavernoma that would eventually take his life. And uh, when we hit the 13th hole, he just decided, nah, I think that's it for today. I think I won't play anymore today. And so that was the end of the round. And what I didn't know was that that was the last time we would ever play golf together. And I wish I'd have known because I think I would have marked the moment. I think I would have treasured it a little bit more. Teach us to number our days. 35 years ago or so, I was in Whittier one time and we were staying with Nancy's mom and dad, Alan Verna. And I took Laura to see a movie. Interestingly, uh, recently somebody asked at a dinner party where I was, what's your favorite Disney princess? And I had an immediate response, Snow White. And it's because of that day 35 years ago when I took our oldest daughter to see her very first movie. And it was a Disney movie. And you kind of forget when you're a parent until you take your kids how scary that movie can be. And the Wicked Witch, kind of a scary character. And so I was sitting with Laura. She got quite emotional for a moment. And and then she began to sing a song, Snow White did, Someday My Prince Will Come. And I thought about this, you know, tiny little red-haired moppet sitting in that chair next to me. And all of a sudden, it kind of caught me off guard that someday uh, this little girl, who right now just adores her mom and dad, is going to grow up. And someday, maybe, uh, her prince will come. It's an odd thing in Disney movies. I don't know if you ever thought about this. You might remember Snow White got married to Prince Charming. Sleeping Beauty got married to Prince Charming. Cinderella got married to Prince Charming. You got to wonder what's up with Prince Charming. Anyway, uh, Laura eventually grew up. And, you know, I used to think when she was real little, you know, when it's time for the prince, let's let daddy decide who the prince should be. But Laura decided she did a way better job of it than I could. And I'm really glad for the way she grew up and, and really glad for that person in her life. But I think about how wonderful it would be to be able to go back to that day, just, but I can't. Teach us to number our days. I think now, uh, when I would do this exercise that we're gonna do right now, is you might think about something in your life that is limited, time limited, to help you value it, to help you appreciate it, because we're learning to be grateful 
because we have a problem seeing the value in the goodness of life. Teach us to number our days. A little baby comes and I get to hold that little body. And, you know, the smell of a little baby, I don't know why it's such a sweet thing. And the feeling of that skin and the that sense that you get when they fall asleep on your chest, that it's like somehow they just trust you and they just abandon themselves to you. And maybe it's because that's a picture of the way that God intends for us to live. But it's such a wonderful thing and it doesn't last. It's a good thing it doesn't last, but once it's gone, it's gone. Teach us to number our days. So this is the invitation for you now. And if you're doing a gratitude journal, you can get that out now or sometime later on today. If you're not, you can just do this uh, in your mind right now for a few moments. This is from Robert Emmons' book, Gratitude Works, where he talks about journaling. When people believe that a positive life event is about to end, they are more likely to appreciate it. A sense of now or never can impel us to make the most of every day. So now in this exercise, you can begin to do it now or when you get your journal out to write in it. Choose an activity, an event, an experience, or relationship that may be ending soon. Keep in mind that you only have a short amount of time left to spend on doing this thing or being with this person. Teach us to number our days. Maybe it's a job that you get to do, or a class in which you get to learn or a team to which you get to contribute, or a particular place where you get to live. This chapter of your life will end soon. Try to select an experience in which you have maybe between one and three months remaining. Given how little time you have left, write about why you are so grateful. And as you do that, whisper this little prayer, because we can't do this for ourselves. We can't, but God can. God, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. As my old friend Quig would always say, we have a lot to be grateful for. Thanks for joining us. To receive the emails that go along with each video, visit becomenew.me slash subscribe. If you'd like a text alert whenever a new video is posted, text the word become to the phone number 855-888-0444. You can send prayer requests to that number as well. To invite a friend, just share the link becomenew.me. We'll see you next time.